This is Reset and can be found at mccabe.io. I'll be talking about anything that plugs in or takes batteries, mostly home automation, networking, home storage, and I'll be bringing some friends along. Reset was inspired by a bent paperclip that's sat on my desk for years. It reminds me that no matter how much we mess something up, there's usually a reset button. Let's get started. Uh-huh. Yeah. Welcome back to Reset, everybody. It's episode number 46. I'm your host, David McCabe. Twitter.com slash McCabe.io. Join the Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash David McCabe. And if you do that, you can get in on the fun. I've got more giveaways coming. Recently got back from MVP Conference there in Redmond, Washington, and I went to the Microsoft Campus Store, the employee store, and kind of picked up on some goodies, and I'll be giving those away. I, you know, just little knickknacks here and there, but it's kind of cool because these little things that I bought, you can't get anywhere else, so I'll be giving those away. I'll be just mailing those out to random names. We did have a couple of winners of CES swag. Finally got rid of that. I mean, I finally gave that away. Uh, It's not getting rid of, right? No, it's actually some... It's just fun stuff, right? But the Microsoft Store stuff is kind of cool. It's not an Xbox. It's not a keyboard. But it is kind of cool stuff. Patreon.com slash David McCabe. We're going to talk about a whole lot of stuff, and at the end of the podcast, I will have a crypto update where I tell you exactly how I have exited this part of the game. I don't want to say exited the game, but I'm going to tell you phase one exit has been immensely successful, and I want to share that with you. I want to talk about a couple of things and I don't even know what to call this thing. It's I've got it in my notes as an Alexa sorry, mine just went off. Did I get, I'm sorry I I can't say that. So an A word phone box. So I need to look this up. What's the, I think it's called a connect. Okay yes, it's called an echo connect. Turns your echo into a voice controlled speakerphone. So here's what you need. If you have a home phone line and you and you use Madam A, you can hook this, get this box. It's 35 bucks on Amazon. Yeah, go figure. And you can voice call with your echoes, right? With your tube of a word. You can Use your home phone line. Now, what if you have a voice over IP line, Dave? How does it work for that? Well, I do. I have the UMA line. And my UMA box I bought from Woot five, six, no, this thing is old. It was at my older house. So we're talking maybe eight years ago. This thing is old. (laughs) I mean... It is old, and it's still kicking. And I'm still paying like $4 a month for UMA phone service. That's unlimited calling. You get a home phone number. You know, you really don't need it if you're just a couple of adults in a household. But if you got kids or kids come to the house, they all they know is to grab the home phone and dial 
911. So we have it for that. But now you can just say, keyword, Madam A, call whoever in your contact list. So it reads your contact lists. And it's pretty cool. It is really cool. Now the, the other cool thing is, it will announce callers when they call in to your system. If they're on, if they're a contact, it will say, hey, Bob's calling. And you can say, keyword, answer, right? Or the annoying part is, it, it's, it'll say, uh, 515-246-5 is calling. You know, it kind of crazy. So you know not to answer that, right? It's going to be spam. But it's pretty cool. You use the mobile app to sync up your contacts, which you probably, if you have one of these, you already have that. And I, I just thought it was neat. For 35 bucks. it's a decent little investment. It gives you a little gizmo, something to play with, and you can do speakerphone calls. Now, the accounting department has stated that when I call and they answer it via the Echo show, that it's not a very good speakerphone. And that just may be because it's on a granite slab and it's got tile behind it and, you know, it's in the kitchen. So it, it may not be in the great greatest area to do that. But super easy to set up. And I've got it in my basement and my Echo Show is upstairs. Super duper easy. 35 bucks. Just thought I'd share that with you. Maybe the um, call, quality, call quality isn't great, but then again, you know, it's on an... Echo Show speaker, it's VOIP, I have crap cable, you never know. You should try it. I thought it was cool. I thought it was worth 35 bucks. Okay, I've told you time and time again that I got a ring doorbell for Christmas. Yes, it's May. It is almost Christmas in July, actually. But I'm happy to report that I have my ring doorbells on the wall, outside, by the doors. You can go and ring my doorbell, and I still probably won't answer with the phone. I'll just walk to the door. But they're on, they're they're there, and it was pretty easy. I was going to use this. My doorbell's systems are different. They were designed to ring through the audio system. It had an audio ducker. If you're playing music, it would duck the music. It would ring the doorbell, and it would ring a certain tone for the front, a certain tone for the back. And it even went as far as they had a video system. There's a video monitor in the kitchen, and I don't know if there's one anywhere else. I think it's just in the kitchen. And you would walk over to it, and you could see who was at the door, even though the door would still be in your eye shot while you're standing at the video screen. But hey, we've moved on. We now pick up our phones and see who is at the door, even if we're not at home. You can do that, which you all know about the doorbells. Super cool. I was very impressed. They installed really easily. I did have one issue. Oh, let me go back to the install. So because of this highly specialized install that I have with two doorbells, two different ring chimes, the contacts come back to a wiring it almost looks like an old telco uh, uh, punch-down cabinet where you would you know, get the pair that goes to the cubicle and you would punch the pair to that that goes to the PBX that was assigned to X number. You know, it looks like a punch pair. 
And those wires didn't have any power running to them, right? There was, it was just a closure. So that hooked into a box. When you close that, that wire, that pair, it would make the box ring. And it would go out over um, red, white, audio, RCA outputs. And I would run that into my amplifier. The amplifier went to certain setting, certain speakers in the ceilings, you know, not to the bedrooms, but to the common areas, would ring the doorbell. So I thought all, of a, all along I was going to integrate that with that box. And you, then I just said, you know what? I know. I'm done with this ringing doorbell garbage box. I'm just going to do the ring doorbells. Now, I found that Ring has a little plug-in Wi-Fi box that will be your chime. So because of this, I don't have a doorbell transformer, and I do not have one of those ding-dong chimes that's up on above a door somewhere in your common hallway. I don't have one of those ding-dong box. No such thing. No transformer. So I had to order power supply. Got a power supply. Hooked that up to the pairs powers the doorbell, doorbell rings, calls over Wi-Fi to the ring doorbell box. I don't know what it is. It's a little box. It's 30 bucks. And it, it does the ding-dong for you. So that works. What I thought it was going to do, because it said multiple tones. Well, it does have multiple tones. You can get multiple ding-dongs, but you can't have one box, ding-dong A, and another doorbell ding dong b right so you can't have one box the to differentiate two doorbells i guess i'm gonna have to get two boxes which thing seems so it, it seems wrong i mean it really seems wrong if you i would think they would want to sell one little box and two doorbells right but <clears throat> i don't know who am i to say i'm gonna have to get another Another ding-dong box, I guess. That's gonna how, how it's going to have to work. I did have a little trouble. The main door had... The doorbell pair went to the... There's a little box on the side that has the camera, right, for the main door. It has the camera and the microphone and the speaker. Well, the ding-dong, the pair, jumped over from the doorbell that was right there on the frame of the door jumped over into that area a separate area a box so when i'm i'm toning out all of this stuff and i'm trying to find the voltage you know the voltage is good at the door at the in the basement and i come up to the doorbell there's no voltage and i finally figured out well it's in this other box so i just ripped that box out wire tied it together and jumped the power over to the doorbell and it works fine <clears throat> there is brick that kind of protrudes near the doorbell, so I don't get a true, like, true vision of the porch, right? But it's kind of okay because how the door is set up. It's kind of hard to, I need to do a video. But it's really neat. I really like it. There was a point where I, I would turn on motion on the doorbell, because I knew something was going to happen or someone was coming, I would just turn on motion so I'd be notified immediately. I thought that was really neat. So I'm very happy with my ring doorbells. Now that supposedly Nest has a doorbot or a doorbell, 
that is superior to the Ring doorbell, but that's fine. I have a Ring Pro. No batteries, it takes power. Ring Pro. Now, if you've been paying attention to the podcast, you know that I went with the Ring family of products because of their upcoming alarm system that I want to try. But things have changed. There's no alarm system still, and I've bought more Ring devices. So I have Ring Spotlight Cam Pro or something like that. You know, a good podcaster would have a tab open in front of him. I didn't really mean to get off about my doorbell. It's called the Floodlight Cam. And it's this monstrosity of two LED floodlights and the camera. And I got those mounted on my pool house. But I also purchased something I'm very... I've been pretty happy with this little guy. The Spotlight Cam Battery. No, it's not just the battery, but that's what it's called. Spotlight cam battery. It's a camera and it's battery operated. So you just put the battery in and stick it on the wall and it does everything the ring does. It does the the app. You can motion detect. You can have the, the light come on. You can yell at someone over the speaker. You can listen. It's pretty, pretty darn nifty. Now, something I did not know is... When I got it opened, it had one battery, but two open spots. You can buy a second battery for this thing and have kind of double the the wireless battery life, which I thought that was pretty neat. That's pretty neat. You can also get the solar power kit, and I think that's 50 bucks for that. And really, no, I don't, I don't think I need the solar light. But if you don't set your scheduling right, it just records when anything comes into view. So it can run down the battery very quickly. I kind of, though, I kind of want it to record everything, right? You Just because it's nighttime doesn't mean that crime or nefarious things or weird things couldn't happen during the day. And you would want to go back to your cameras and reference that and see the recording. So, yeah, I wouldn't mind. Uh, I wouldn't mind that. I, maybe I would do the solar thing. Security powered by the sun. It's in a nice spot where I could put the solar panel. It'd be pretty cool. So, what's that come to? I have five ring devices. Five. And I really would like to have... The alarm system. Ring. Yeah, if you're listening, you know, hey, we need we need the alarm system. The app is okay. I'm not crazy about the ring app. I don't know why. It's just I don't I don't know. This doesn't strike me as laid out well for what it's doing with cameras and stuff. So security has a smoke alarm, uh, water sensors, it's got the keypad, it's got motion sensors, it has door sensors, pretty cool stuff. So I'm kind of, I guess I'm all in with Ring since I have two of them like permanently hardwired into the power of the pool house, you know, those things are not coming down. So I am all aboard Ring. 
I like it though. And it's been good. All right. We need to move on. We need to talk some storage. There's some stuff going on that we need to talk about. Google is trying to clean up its act when it comes to storage. So Google One is coming soon. And I'm on the page one.google.com. So you can go there. It'll be available on a limited basis. You have to put in your email address to kind of get um, an email from them to uh, when, when, when they'll open it up. If you already have Google Drive paid storage, you'll be automatically updated. So you might get it first. I don't know. Google One plans will start at 100 gig for 199, 200 gig for 299, and two terabytes for 10 bucks a month. Two terabytes, 10 bucks a month. While pricing for plans larger than two terabyte will remain the same, existing one terabyte drive plans will be upgraded to two terabyte at no cost. There you go. All right, now how does this stack up? Because it's not perfectly side-by-side comparable with other products. So Apple has, let's see, Apple has two terabytes for $9.99, right? A month. And um, OneDrive with Office, you $69.99, so 70 bucks, you get one terabyte. So it's not perfect. There's even, you know, you get more products with with uh, OneDrive. So it's, it's cl- everybody's really close now, right? Everybody's really close close together in the storage now that doesn't compare to anything like like backblaze is even cheaper and they say it's unlimited right well it's um i guess nothing's unlimited but we learned that the hard way now this does several things for us i mean a there's another option right especially if you have if you use google drive a lot you use the google services a lot hey this is great the other thing it does is maybe it gives a little boost to some of these other people like Dropbox, um, OneDrive, storage. Let's get the storage tiers bumped up. Let's get things kind of, uh, let's add more services, more nifty gadgets with your storage plans, paid plans, and whatnot. So it, it does help. Anytime anyone comes out, especially someone as big as Google, and offers a new plan, it's going to help everybody. So that's a good thing. Okay, you're going to you're going to freak out when you hear this. You're going to die because yes, I've changed. I've changed Wi-Fi again. I just I don't know what it is with me and Wi-Fi. I I, I change it like I change underwear. I swear to God, me and the Wi-Fi. So. Long story short, came home from a vacation. Eero had kind of crapped itself, and I think I made a few mistakes in tearing it down to rebuild it and screwed it all up all badly. Ripped it out, pissed off, and put in back my Netgear Orbi system, which I had running, but not as you know full-fledged system. I had, I had a test system kind of... Uh, evaluation so it's orby works guys orby works and it works very well except and i've done this before in my situation where i have a larger home and i need to paint a lot of areas with wi-fi 
That's where Eero comes in handy because I can place access points in different parts of the house and paint different corners because I've got six of them. I only have two little Orby access points. One being a router, meaning it has to be with the cable modem somewhere and the other one laying around about somewhere. Now, it did help me solidify Wi-Fi out in my pool house. So we're going to talk about pool house and audiovisual coming soon. But out by the, the swimming pool, there's a little bitty outbuilding that we built. little porch, covered porch with a TV and a little bathroom where you can change. You can tinkle in the pool house and not in the pool, but it needs Wi-Fi. And Eero was not reaching out there to one of the... Uh, ring floodlight cams so i took out the orby out there the second orby and set it up as a wireless completely wireless not a ethernet backhaul access point and it worked fine both the ring cameras out there worked fine it did its job but it is very large and cumbersome and i will soon have ethernet out there so i need to remember that so as having issues, when you have a larger place to cover, you with Orbi, the base of two units just doesn't work. It just does not work. You need more. So I thought, should I invest more money into this system or should I go back to Eero? So I decided I'm going back to Eero, but I'm going to do it a little differently this time. I've done this, done this in the past. So I went back to my Synology 2600 AC router, and I'm using that, which I love, I always have, and then I'm using the Eero system in access point mode. Much better. It has been very fussy to get active. I've had a couple just not, really, they don't want to reset paper clips, just not cutting it, and yeah. Uh, it's been a mess, but it's up and running. Got it up and running rather quickly. I moved the cable modem back down to the basement, and I have the Synology router down there as well, and I really like that. I, I immediately just jumped into my router and did the um, went to the screen where you can dedicate bandwidth to a certain machine and did that for one of my machines that's running some special software. So I, I really like the Synology router. I really do. So coming soon, I'll have an Ethernet pool out to pool, not a pool, like a wire pool, out, out to the pool house. I'll have that lit up. I've got a Netgear. Let me get it. Oh, I went with, I'm going to try the Netgear. Sorry. It's a cloud switch. It's an eight port cloud switch. It's the GC110. It's got fiber ports as well. I wish I would have pulled fiber or left some room in the... Um... I could still do that, by the way. I guess I could still do that. Maybe I should look into that. I would have to terminate the ends, though. And that would be a mess. Because my, uh, my conduit is not big enough to, to pull the ends through. Plus, you, you don't pull ends through conduits. Anyway... So, all right, never mind. <laughs> so we're thinking through this on the podcast. But 
This is going to be a really cool switch. I can't wait to get it up. It's kind of, it's a managed switch. It's a smart cloud switch. It'll notify you if it's down and you can log into it and do all kinds of cool stuff. So I can't wait to get that going. A little more expensive than a standard switch, but in this case, I need to take a look at it. And so I think it's worth it. So maybe I should tell you what I've done out there in this house. I do have a forms post about the the AV gear that's going out there. The technology that's going in this little bitty bathroom is really kind of cool. Having a good time with it. And the CFO of the house and the CEO, which that's the same person <laughs> that I'm married to, approved my audiovisual budget. And I have... I've been trying to do it in a budget-friendly way. There's a room. There's room out there for a television, and it's about. I don't want to get really big with the TV, so I went with a 55-inch, a 55-inch Sunbright outdoor TV is two thousand dollars. Well, I came up with a budget that was under two thousand dollars complete, all in, all done. And it did not include the Sunbright TV as the only option. So I went with a Walmart TV. It's a TCL brand, I believe. And it has a built-in Roku in it. And this thing was $389. I've seen it cheaper at different times. $389. I figure... I can learn my lesson maybe twice, three times before I get up to the level of a $2,000 outdoor TV, which I just do not want to spend. I really don't. And I also, I did a budget for some high dollar speakers, outdoor pool speakers, and I kind of cut that back. And I was going to put some high dollar left, right speakers, left, right center around this TV bracket them, build them up with brackets and mount them on the TV itself and not drill into the wall. But I didn't do that. I went with a little $72 Vizio sound bar, which sounds good, by the way. It, it has been performing well. But again, it's an indoor piece of gear that is strapped to a wall that is outdoors. Now that is bracketed. So think of the think of the mount. You put the mount on the wall, right? And I got one of the ones where you can pull the TV out and turn it and tilt it and I, that's what I wanted. I didn't want that flat on the wall thing cuz I you know, I I want to be able to pull it out and do the cabling back and forth. So they sell these brackets. Look at the forms post in the reset forms. They sell these brackets, steel brackets that look like a sliver of a boomerang and you connect that to the screw holes on the TV mounting bracket and connect that to the sound bar on the bottom. Or you could put it on the side, you could put it on the top, just wherever you want it. And it just kind of looks like it's floating in the air under the TV. Well, I did the same thing with a $12 plastic bracket for a, a Echo Dot. You know, one of the little Echo Dots is also mounted on that. Now I take that inside. The Echo Dot does not stay powered up 
outside. It uh, it comes home or goes to storage or whatever. I don't want someone, you know, unlocking my door by voice command while they stand out by my pool. And that's all stuck on the wall. I have a cover that I purchased for the TV. It's not a 65 or it's not a 55 inch cover. I had to move up to a 65 inch because I wanted to encompass all of this gear. So we'll see how it works. We'll see if trying to save a little money backfires in three years. I I figure if I get three years out of it, I'm good, right? And then we'll go from there and retest the market and reprice everything. And I, I think it will do that. I've had an indoor TV in an outdoor setting before, and it has been fine. And that one was in a screened porch, and I never brought it inside in the winter. This one think that I may have to bring inside. It's a little more exposed. So I think I'm going to have to winterize it. Very happy with it. I also bought a a Yamaha amplifier that has dual zones. And it was important to me to be able to switch the HDMI audio and switch that and run that to zone 2 if I wanted to. So I had to step up in the amplifier Sometimes the cheaper amplifiers will only pass through HDMI audio and or they will not switch the HDMI audio to zone, to multiple zones. They, they just don't have the electronics to do that, but this one will. And that is because let's say we're watching a show, let's say let's see a recent sporting event, the Kentucky Derby. Let's say you're watching that finally comes up to the race. You got people in the pool and you just hit the button and switch over the audio to go out to the pool speakers as well. Not only does it come out the TV speaker, but it comes out the pool speakers that are pointing outside. That's what I wanted. I don't know if we'll ever use it, but that was the goal. That's what I wanted to be able to do with the pool house. Now, having said that, I also want to use other inputs So Yamaha has this app, and it's called, I have it on my phone. It is really pretty slick. It's called Music Cast. Now, this brand name also, they have some Wi-Fi speakers as well that you can put in other areas, and I may explore that in the future. But this app, you can open Music Cast and connect to your amplifier and change, you know, the station. You can change the input, the outputs, can do all that kind of cool stuff. Plus, you can do sources, right? You can do internet radio. I was pushing songs from my phone to to the, the amp. So it makes me think that, oh, you can also do, I think you can do a server. And I, I want to figure that out, how I can have a box in the house that has all the MP3s and that, that we can make some playlists and play out there because we used to do that quite a bit. So that's pretty neat. I, I like the way that app, app worked, and the amplifier also works with uh, the ALEXA. It has integration with that, and I don't know how. I haven't dug into the manual or the process in which to invoke that, especially since I mounted one out there. I don't know how this is going to work, so we'll see. Now, the one that's I've mounted out there, I've hooked into an input into the amplifier, right? So change over to a different source. 
and then say, Madam A, play my 80s playlist. Let's get down and get funky in the pool. So it's going to be fun. It's going to be a great summer. I don't have the amplifier out there. I took it out there once, played around with it, and brought it back inside because we're still having a little bit of work done. There was a slowdown in some of the uh, processes. Yeah, a leak in the pipes, which ensued chaos and tile breakage in a mess. So we're still fighting with the construction people to get that in, but we're getting there. We are getting there. It has also been one of the reasons that I'm very tardy on podcasting to you. But I also have a stack of Z-Wave and Zigbee gadgets beside me. I have three water sensors, one motion sensor. I have a Fabaro wall plug, a Fabaro flood sensor. What is this? It's a third-party H-A-O-Z-E-E Z-Wave Plus power plug. I'm not even going to unbox it. I'm just going to open it here on the on the podcast. Really nice looking Z-Wave power plug. It's round. And so I bought an extra power plug because I think that I'm going to have to plug one of these in near an outside wall or probably on one of my, my house's outside wall in order to get Z-Wave to, you know, kind of relay out there. So when you plug in, Z-Wave is a kind of a mesh network type protocol and when you have devices that run off of a battery that device will not forward requests from others it, w- it won't mesh right let's just let's just keep it like that it will not mesh but if you have like a wall plug that plugs in it kind of joins the network as a mesh point things can communicate through it so take one of these you get the cheapest one you can find and you use it as a repeater So I'm going to try to get uh, some of my stuff to work out there in the pool house. Now, the water sensors I have are Zigbee. So I'm probably going to need to get a little Zigbee repeater too to get all the way out there because I do want some water sensors in and around that area. Now, I also got a box in the other day, and I'm like, what in the heck is this? I keep beating on my microphone. I was like, what is this box? What have I ordered now? Because it came to my company's name, and upon opening it, I found it's from Connected.io. Now, this is the box that I told you about that hooks into your home alarm system and makes it smart things. So all of your door open close sensors are now going to be on smart things. It is... Not only the coolest box ever, but it scares the living crap out of me to use this thing because my smart thing seems to be so unreliable. There's a lot of gear in this box. There's a lot of gear. What is this? It's like it's like a little added tool. What is he? Oh, it's like a little screwdriver set. This is neat. And an ink pen. Sweet. Okay. So I'm unboxing all my goodies in front of you. I will try to get a video of this because it is really slick. And a lot of people have done this. It really worries me to do this. Because we use the home alarm a lot. We arm the system just in case a door opens. You know, 
we can hear it, something's going to happen, right? So I really, really don't want to use smart things as a home alarm, but I thought I would buy this box and support, uh, you know, the creators out there. If Even if I don't use it, we'll, we support our smart things uh, developers and hardware vendors, so we'll do that. All right, so I've got a brave new browser. Now, what? Brave new browser. No, it's not really Brave, but that's what the browser is called. Brave. It is awesome. Brave.com. You can get this brand new web browser, and it's kind of got a little cryptocurrency background, right? It's not going to mine on you or anything. It's not going to do anything weird. But it does do a very good job with the built-in side shield that has ad blockers, uh cookie control, protections in it, script blocking, phishing blocking, malware blocking. This is a very cool browser, and I I just want you to look at it in general. Now, you can use this browser in a crypto way where you can donate cryptocurrency to your favorite publishers because you're blocking their ads, right? That's kind of what it's for, but I'm not asking for that. I just want you to look at it because I think it's really cool and I think it should be in like your toolkit, right? You should have this in the back of your mind. I've been using it. I have it on every PC that I own in my house right now because I, I just like it that much. It's really a cool browser. Brave.com. I do think that, you know what? Go to the reset forums. Let's do this. Resetforums.com. Get in there and I've got a post called the three the three ways to earn cryptocurrency without spending a dime. So I'll give you a link to that in the show notes. In that post, there's a, um, a hyperlink, a, a link to the Brave browser, and it's got my referral link on it or something. I don't know what I get, but I don't know. It says, use the browser and we will contribute to my website on your behalf. I guess. So yeah, go to go do that. Brave.com browser, but go to reset forums. It's how to get cryptocurrency without mining or buying a thing. And I've got two other little things in there too that you can uh, look at. Something to read. It's cool. All right, we need to move on. I'm at the 38 minute mark, so maybe we should just go into the cryptocurrency update. Now, if you're going to um, sign off, I've got a cool little story for you because I have exited the cryptocurrency mining game, and you might be interested in you know the backstory of it. So I don't have a whole not a whole lot of notes. I'm just going to kind of wing this because I have sold all of my hardware. Now I say all. I do have two video cards left. I have an RX 550, which is an AMD two gig gigabyte card. It's 440 hash per second on the kryptonite algorithm. Good little card. And I also have a gigabyte 1070 that I picked up in an Amazon auction. It was uh, one of these auctions that they're going to throw stuff away. I bought it and it's a 1070, but it thinks it's a 1060. So it's the dog that thinks it's a cat or the cat that thinks it's a dog or something, whatever I've said before. So there's no way I could sell that. So I've kept that. So I have two little cards and I can get, you know, a little over, a little over one kilo hash per second on a kryptonite algorithm. Uh, 
So I've ran that a little bit, but as we speak right now, it's turned off those two cards, and that's all I own. So several months ago, I sold the NVIDIA rig. So my first mining rig, this was the card. I started with a card way back after Meetup here in Indianapolis. Uh, Jim Collison uh, got me a card. We went to Fry's on a Sunday night. We sat in the basement till all hours of the night, got it running, and started mining Bitcoin on NiceHash. And then everything went to heck in a handbasket from there. And <laughs> I got going with this crypto stuff, and I built an entire rig full of NVIDIA cards and sold that. I got that going. I kind of saw the writing on the wall, uh, the trends, what was happening in the space, and uh, got out of that. I then got hooked again on building, which I love to do, and built another frame, and I filled it with RX 550s and mined the kryptonite algorithm, which I mined a lot of ETN, electronium. I mined a lot of Masari, all, all kinds of um, Monero-based hashed coins like the kryptonite algorithm, a lot of those. this The RX 550s are really good at that. But then again, I saw the writing on the wall. It was about to happen. The ASICs had come out, and they were mining the crap out of some of these smaller coins, and it was time to move. I listed it for sale, and it took a little longer to sell, but it finally did. And up until then, I was mining Monero on it, which was actually very profitable, very profitable. So I was really happy to use it and make money. So the crazy thing is, is usually you, in this market, you buy low, sell high, right? Well, the way it is with hardware, you kind of have to buy high and usually you sell low because you're just trying to get you know, X percent out of your cards. Well, I ended up making money on the hardware. So the hardware mined for me and made money. And then I sold the hardware with a little bit of markup. So I, I, I consider myself fortunate. I got out at a good time. I timed it and I did. I got out. I could have stayed longer, but I think I would have been stuck with the hardware. So it was perfect timing. Got out. And of course, I'm getting the bug again. I always do. Hardware prices have dropped tremendously. So if you're a gamer, it's time. You can look for a gaming card and enjoy yourself and have fun. Even though I think the new NVIDIAs are going to be out sometime in July. So you may want to look for that too. That may even make the other prices drop even more. So... Got out at a good time. There's no buzz saws of fans in my basement. Nothing's going on. Uh, the power meter is back to spinning normally. And it's quiet. So everything's everything's really good. Now, I am considering getting another card because I want to uh, get back into mining another couple of coins which are going to do a hard fork to remove the... Uh, to put in ASIC resistance... So the ASICs, the the one-time miners, can't mine on their coin, and that should kick them off, and then you jump right in and you mine that coin. That's how I made money with Monero. Timed it perfectly, 
did it right, did it good. I did that also with a corn called MSR Masari. That was a little messier, messy Masari, but it, it worked as well. Nothing like uh, nothing like Monero did though. But the, the price of Monero shot up, which was great, and I was mining the crap out of it and making money, you know, making good money. So it was that was kind of refreshing at a point where you know mining was taking a hit. Everybody's getting onto mining, and it's not as uh, profitable anymore. Well, I timed everything right. I built the right hardware. I built the right rig for the right coin that peaked at the right time. So. I was, I was very fortunate in that. Now, all the while all of this is happening, I'm timing the dips with Bitcoin and I'm ramping up my Bitcoin ownership. So I've done that quite well in a few cases and it has is, it is worked well. And I've bought at, you know, not some opportune times, but not like super, super duper high prices, but I've also done that. So I have a little Bitcoin to play with and to invest with if I should want to do that. And at the same time, I realized some things. I realized, you know, here I'm talking about how well I've done in this aspect, but I've not done well in some other areas. And this was about at the beginning of the year, early 2018, I made some really super noob mistakes, not knowing what I was really doing with uh, altcoins. And I found... I that I fell into the trap of you you would hear about a coin and you'd say everybody would be like this is a great coin to have you know you should have you should have some of this you should have some of this coin right so you'd take fifty dollars of your mining profits and you'd throw it into it right so you'd grab some ripple some XRP some verge some Tron you know all these keyword coins that oh these are going to the moon Dave this is this is your long play. 50 bucks in this is going to make you 500, you know. So I started thinking about it. I was like, you know what? 50 bucks in anything is not going to allow me to retire. It's just, it's, it was honestly it's throwing money away. And I did it at the complete wrong time. It was in January, February where these prices are sky high. And then, of course, everything went to heck in a handbasket. Everything fell out to the bottom. So these coins aren't worth, I mean, they're worth money still, but they're not worth what they were in January and in December. They're just not. They're climbing back up there. But so they've lost so much valuable value. It, it, it's laughable. Um, I did it again over spring break. I got the FOMO on a coin. It was called Raven Coin. And I had some BTC sitting around, and I transferred it to this oddball little exchange and bought some Ravencoin. And of course, it's tanked. And I was like, you know what? I'm not doing this again. I'm not spending 50 bucks at a time on these oddball little coins that they're not going to allow you to retire, right? So that Bitcoin could have been better served a, in my pocket, B, spent somewhere, or invested in a different manner, right? So I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm not going to get into that, hey, you should have this coin, put 50 bucks into it. You know, a lot of folks are putting, you know, the 5,000s into it, right? That's 
That's what they're doing. Yeah, if that coin moons, then yes, 5,000 is going to be a pretty sizable chunk of change. Now, what I did do is I took a gamble on one coin in December when it launched, and that was Electronium. I mined it, and I've purchased it at you know rock-bottom prices. So if it ever goes somewhere, I have a sizable chunk of that coin. If it never goes anywhere, then you know I'm not going to feel the pain now. I've already invested my time into that with mining. So that's my moon coin. I everybody has everybody has a moon coin, right? So unless you've put in a substantial amount of money, I think honestly it's just kind of peeing it peeing it in the wind. It's going to come back and make you messy, right? So I've been doing more in the cryptocurrency space. You you can kind of feel I'm leading you somewhere, right? I'm always leading you somewhere. <laughs> But this time, I'm gonna I'm kind of keeping this kind of close to me because I don't want to, I don't want you to get down the same rabbit hole, right? I'm not saying this is a bad thing, but I'm kind of doing some different strategies here at the Reset Headquarters with the Bitcoin and all that kind of stuff. So maybe I'll let it play out for a couple of more months, and I will I'll get with you. I'll get back to you on exactly where I am crawling around into the dark depths of the Bitcoinage and the investing circles, right? So kind of some crazy stuff, fun, very exhilarating, and doing it all with what I consider throwaway money. Absolute. If it all went away, I would just be like, damn, that was dumb, you know? And I would wipe my hands off it and we would uh, we would move on down the road. So would never take... You know, yeah, never take your investments or your 401k money or mortgage money and uh, do any of this stuff because it is absolute nuts out there. So hopefully I'll be able to share with you that endeavor. But I feel fortunate. I got out in the right time. But I'm back in it. I'm back in it and having some fun. And maybe, um, maybe if you're in the crypto club and the reset forums, maybe I can open up there. And uh, that is a private club, and you can uh, join that, and we can talk about uh, crypto and all that kind of good stuff. So if you're mining, keep at it. I think it's, I think it's fun. I think it's great. It was just my choice to get out. I have also turned off my burst box, and I've, uh, I had storage. Is that what I had going? Yeah, storage box going. Just, I, I, I don't know, not for me. Let's look. Burst coin. Burst coin is at 0.025. Now it did have a pretty good run here. It went up to three. Three cents. I, I'm just not making enough money, guys. I don't I didn't put enough investment into it. Um, not making enough money. My money is better well spent. I've done the math, I've done the calculations on buying a certain video card and mining a certain coin at a certain point. When you know those three key points, those data points, then you can make things happen. And the Burst, although it was a great project, I may, when I get some time, put it all back together into a new motherboard because it's kind of been acting fussy on me. 
I may reinvest in this because I do hope it uh, I do hope it gets better. I do hope it shoots up because I've got a considerable amount of burst coins. I would love for the value to get going, right? Because it's on Bittrex, it's on Poloniex, it's on Upbit. You know, you can trade this coin in a lot of places. So I think that's cool. And, uh, and I hope, I, I wish you well in your endeavors there. But remember, I'm just a knucklehead that's spending money like a nut. So that's never financial advice, ever. Don't, don't, don't ever look at me for financial advice. I buy way too many trinkets. Let me look at all these little things sitting around my desk. Uh, okay, that's Reset 46. Hey, if you like it, go out to iTunes, give it a thumbs up stars, whatever they do out there. I really appreciate that. Since I've taken off a couple of weeks, I've probably lost all my ranking mojo. So please help me out there. The biggest thing you can do if you want to help out this podcast in the forums that we represent out there at resetforums.com is get out there and contribute. Not just answer questions, but start conversations. That's the coolest part about having a community of folks that like to chat about tech and all kinds of stuff out there. It's just start a conversation. That's really cool. Then if you're the next tier, patreon.com slash David McCabe. Get out there and give me $2 and we'll upgrade this bad boy. I still have to meet a goal. I want to meet my next goal and go all SSD. Raid 10 SSD is my next goal. So get out there, patreon.com slash David McCabe. Thanks for listening. And happy 10-year anniversary to the domain homeservershow.com. It's been 10 years. We'll see you on the next one. This has been Reset. It can be found at reset.fm or over on YouTube at youtube.com slash David McCabe. Follow on Twitter at McCabe.io and you can discuss this episode and more on Reset Forums. Resetforums.com Intro and outro music is by Daryl Lee. Find it at soundcloud.com. Daryl Music. That's D-E-R-L-E-E Music. Support of this podcast can be done at Patreon. Patreon.com slash David McCabe. There's also some shopping links at resetforums.com if you want to use those. If you have a chance, please rate and review the podcast on iTunes. Thank you for your support, and I'll see you next week on Reset.